Today, I'm talking money and taking your money questions. So let's go. Principles matter. Welcome to Proof Principles Matter. I'm your host, Joe Minetti. Thanks for joining. Uh, look, I'm excited about today's show because this, we're talking finances today. And if you don't know about me or about the genesis of this show, it really all stems out of finances. Uh, for me, uh, financial principles in particular. You know, when I, I grew up pretty poor and and realized at one point in my life that I need to learn how money works. And so I got books and I took classes and listen to podcasts and instructors and all those things and learn quite a bit about finances. And what I learned was in order to break the cycle of poverty that you get stuck in is that you've got to learn some principles and you've got to learn how to make principles work for you. Because really at the end of the day, what is a principle? It's really just a fundamental truth. And so if you can make a fundamental truth work and get on the side of that fundamental truth, it has no option but to work because well, like I said, it's the it's the truth. It's the it's the real deal. So you can't help but succeed. So I wanted to dedicate uh, one show a month to be about finances, where I'll take your questions and you can send those to me. I'll link to it in the uh, show notes. You can email me at Joe at proofprinciplesmatter.com and love to get the chance to answer your questions and and talk finances and help walk you through some of the things or decisions you're trying to make or. If you're just trying to figure this thing of money out, I'm happy to help you because I, I've got to tell you this, that one thing I learned early on, I was very, very intimidated by money and the understanding of it and how does investing work. And, and I just felt like I, I just felt stupid. You know, I just felt like there was more that I needed to know, but I didn't know where to go and I didn't know where to ask the questions. And hey, look, if I can't answer your question, I'll tell you that I, I don't know the answer or I'll find the answer. But uh, I would love to get the chance to, to talk with you about your finances. So please send those in. So let's jump right in. So jumping into the first one here, first one comes to us from Claire in Madison, Wisconsin. She says, Joe, I'm 27 years old, I make $30,000 a year and I have $120,000 in student loan debt and I'm living at home with my parents while I try to make extra payments. I feel like I'm stuck spinning my wheels and thought I'd ask your advice. Uh, Claire, unfortunately, uh, uh, it's yeah, it's not a fun answer that I get to to give you here, at least in my opinion. Uh, you're right. I mean, I, I think you're you're right to feel that you're stuck spinning your wheels. It's great that your parents are letting you live there and that you're making extra payments. And I think you have your head in the right place as far as what you need to do around those payments. But I think, uh, you know, if you're, you know, if, let's just say, for instance, if you don't uh, pay any taxes or have any expenses over the next four years <laughs> and you put all $30,000 down on your debt, that's what it would take you. It would take you four years to actually pay that down. And honestly, I don't think you want that hanging around your head for the next 30 years. Because if you're not careful and you start doing, you know, wage-based repayment options and and forbearance and all those sort of things, you're, you're going to wind up in a situation where this thing is, you know, you're going to have to make some fairly large payments for the rest of your life or at least for the foreseeable future. Uh, so really, the I think the only option that you've got here is you're going to need to find a way to make more money. And I know that's uh, you know, that's a, it seems like a ridiculous answer, but really it is the answer in this case. It might be something 
as easy as, you know, doing Uber Eats. I know some folks that do Uber Eats at night and it's a great way to make some extra money. Uh, you know, another option that you could do, you know, it, it's easy to just throw out an option there of, you know, make more money. But uh, I think sometimes if we really are honest with ourselves, are we in a job because that's what we want? Or is this a job that you happen to find out of college? Uh, I'm assuming you just came out of college and, you know, you're making the 30000 a year. And maybe that's, in, you know, kind of stopped your your search for the perfect job. You know, if you look at uh, the stats around college students, uh, you know, my question to you would be, are you working in the in what you went to college for? Because 80% of students, I think is the number, don't actually work in the major that they went to college for. So honestly, I would really think a bit about, you know, is this the right job for you? Or is there something else that I could do that's more in my field? You know, while I keep looking to find that thing that pays more money. Um, and then in the meantime, you know, you've got to find some ways to, to really increase that income. I'm sorry, Claire, that you're, you're in that situation. That's a, a tough spot to be in, but I don't think you want to live with your parents for, you know, four more years, you know? So I, I really, uh, start thinking about what you can do to, to get out of there and raise that income. So wish you best, wish you the best, Claire. Uh, next question is, uh, comes to us from Jay in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, Jay says, my wife and I are about to have our first child. Congratulations, Jay. Uh, I need to get a new car for the baby. <laughs> I, I, I never, I hear that quite a bit to be quite honest with you. Uh, and it's always funny to me because babies don't drive. They don't care what they're seen in. Uh, but let me go on. Um, it's really a big purchase for us since my wife will be staying home and we'll be living off my income, which is now about $40,000 a year. I'm thinking about getting a new SUV or minivan uh, to make sure the child's safe. Is this a wise move? Uh, Jay, look, it's great that you're asking that question because to be quite honest with you, uh, I don't think it's a wise move to to get a, a new car. I mean, really, anytime you get a new car, it's not the greatest of financial moves because it's it rockets down in value. It typically over the course of, uh, you know, a year or two, you know, you're, that price of that car is going to be cut in half the value. So, and you're making 40,000 a year. So uh, let's just say a new car costs around that 30 to $40,000 a year. Uh, you're already really putting yourself behind the eight ball. So I would strongly suggest against uh, doing something like a new car. And and look, let's be honest. Cause I think, uh, and if I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt, is that a lot of times we're thinking of the safety of our kids. Uh, so look, hey, you're going to be a great dad. Uh, so don't even give that a second thought. Uh, it's it's great that you're thinking about the safety. But a lot of times in our minds, we default to, I have to do the biggest and best and greatest thing when in reality, you know, there are other options that might work. If you look at a used car, for instance, they're typically, you know, and now at this point, if you go back several years, you're going to find a lot of those same safety features. I, I, growing up, we didn't even have airbags. And I'm not even that old. I'm only in my mid-40s. I don't remember having an airbag. In fact, I remember the days when you'd be driving down the road, and when you, your parents would hit the brakes, they would reach over with their hand and smack you in the chest. And you go, oh, you know, what was that for? But as I got older, I realized... You know that generation and and even our generation back in the seventies eighties, uh, you know, didn't use seatbelts or things like that as optional. You know, 
it, it was kind of seen as an inconvenience. So a lot of times when you'd hit the brakes, you'd reach over to stop the kid from flying up into the dashboard. You know, little babies, actually. There weren't always car seats, and you'd just lay them on the uh, on the car seat, and you'd hold them in place as you drove. All very dangerous. I do not recommend that. Don't do that to save money, Jay. But I do want to challenge you in that, you know, a lot of times we 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 do that. We find ourselves gravitating towards something that, you know, we believe in our mind is the smart thing to do, whether it's safety or financially, whatever it might be. Be very careful with that because I think you can do it. And it doesn't have to be a brand new car or a brand new SUV. In fact, I don't know what you drive now. That might even be good. You may even want to do that for a short time while you save up to get another car. You know, you know, we can be, we can get inside our minds and sometimes we can trick ourselves into thinking this major life event, it's forcing me, my hands are tied. I am forced to do this thing that I really wanted to do anyway. And this just gives me the excuse to do it. So be very, very careful with that, I don't want to get yourself in a in a position where, you know, you end up behind the eight ball, like I, I said for the previous caller. So be very careful. Stick with what you've got, or I'm sure you can find something much, much cheaper that'll serve the purpose. The baby won't care either way. And in fact, it makes a great story when you talk about it when you get older and, and you can reminisce about the hoopty that you drove when they were first born. Uh so next question, uh, <clears throat> this comes to us from uh, Tom in Charleston. Uh, Tom says, I'm single and $27,000 in debt, which is on credit cards, uh, student loans, and some small medical debt. I want to start paying these down, but <clears throat> excuse me, I get, uh, I get frozen on what's the best way to attack the debt. I've heard of the debt snowball and also the debt avalanche and wondered what I should use and which one was better to pay down the debt. Thanks. Uh, Tom, great man. Good for you. Great question. And you're, you're thinking about it and that's, that's the key to everything. I mean, a lot of times people just aren't thinking about what's the right thing to do. What do I need to do? And you're asking that question. So you are far above and beyond what a lot of people are, are doing or thinking about. So good for you, man. Uh, for those of you that aren't familiar uh, those are two methods as far as paying down debt, and uh, I'll explain both of them. The debt snowball, <clears throat> the, sne- the debt snowball is actually uh, the method where you take all your debts and you list them out from the smallest debt to the largest debt. And as you go through that, you, you once you have those all listed out, you start at the very top of the list with your least amount of debt. So let's just say you have a credit card that's five hundred dollars and a medical bill that's $5,000. Well, you're going to start off by paying down that $500 debt first. You'll pay off that credit card, and then you'll move on to the $5,000, and you'll pay that minimum payment plus, you know, what you were paying on the previous bill, you know? So you can, you know, it's a great way to, you know, you can see where I'm going there with the snowball. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great way to go about paying down debt. Um, uh, the second one is the debt avalanche, and the debt avalanche is essentially you list out all of your debts, same thing, but you list it this time from your highest interest rate to your lowest interest rate, and then you start paying those down based on what's your highest interest rate. So mathematically, it's a fantastic option because you're paying down 
your highest, you know, what's what's costing you the most in interest, you're actually paying that down first. So uh, again, it's great mathematically, but I will say this, uh, from my experience and personally in my life, when I've had to pay down debt, I've used the debt snowball and I'll tell you why. And this is what I would recommend is because when it comes to personal finance and and actually gaining momentum, because I find that a lot of what I've done personally with money, uh, with career, with with anything in life, quite honestly, is it is that when you start to gain that momentum and get a little force behind you, that's when you you feel the strongest. You feel like you're making progress. You feel like you're moving the ball forward. And so, what's great is when you when you list those out and you've got that five hundred dollar debt and then the five thousand dollar debt. You can pay that $500 debt off pretty easily, and it gives you something to cross off the list. Now, I don't know about you, but when I make a to-do list, I actually will still put things that I've already accomplished that day. Like if I get up and do something, like if I get up and make breakfast, right, and and then I go to make my to-do list, I'll put make breakfast, and then I can cross it off. And to me, that's there's something about crossing something off where you look at it and go, yeah, I'm making progress. This is this is this is great. I mean, it's it's ridiculous, but it's true. It's just the way our minds work. And so, if you can use that to help you, you know, start to gain momentum and move things forward, you'll really you'll really feel that you're making progress. But if it's the other way around, and that five thousand dollar debt is your highest interest rate, and then it's the five hundred, you'll be paying on that five thousand dollars for a while. And you don't necessarily feel like you're making progress, you know, but so either one, you, you can't lose, but I would go with the debt snowball. That would be my recommendation. Uh, good for you, man. You're, you're asking the right questions. So proud of you for doing that. Uh, last question I will answer here today. Uh, save this one for last. Cause I thought this was, this was the funniest. Uh, I received an offer from my bank advertising a special coming out of COVID type loan offering to loan us up to $5,000 for a vacation. I've been cooped up in my house for over a year, and it would be great to take this opportunity to let loose and do something fun. It's a generous offer, and I want to live while I'm young. Is this a good idea? And this is from Lauren in Bakersfield, California. Lauren, I I mean, this is... uh, this is a tough question because I, I it's it's well, it's really not a tough question. It's it's an easy question, but it's it's tough in that I know it's been a tough year, year and a half for a lot of people. So I do sympathize there. But look, uh, taking a loan out to go on vacation. I mean, I, you mentioned in your note here that it's a generous offer. Look, there's nothing generous about banks, just by the very nature of what a bank is. It's not the bank's fault. That's they're there to hold your money and lend money and make money and they're, they're a business. So uh, they're not giving you a generous offer. What they're doing is they're a group of people sitting in a conference room and they're saying, look, we've got to increase revenues. We've got to get more business in the door. Who's got any ideas? And somebody said, I've got it. Let's tell them we're going to give them a uh, loan to go on vacation. And they're like, yes, this is great. Let's do that. They're gonna, people are going to love it. They're going to go on vacation. They're going to have a great time. And then they'll be in debt to us for at least the next year. I mean, because if you think about it, you take out $5,000, you can have a really nice vacation with five grand, right? But you go on that vacation and it's a week. 
you spent $5,000 and now you've got to pay back that 5,000 bucks probably for the next year. Until you're ready to go on a big vacation in a year, you will be paying for that one week for the next year. If you pay 500 bucks a month, you know, and you tack on the interest on that, you're essentially at a year that you will be paying back that loan. You don't want to be strapped down with a five, $600 payment for a, a, a one week vacation. That's in, that's insanity. Do not do that. And that's where we are a little bit as a society. You know, we're, we're at the point where we, we borrow to do things that we want to do and we can justify it. Like the, the question earlier about you know, getting a car because, well, I've got to do it because I've got a baby. Well, I've got to take this vacation because I've been cooped up for a year. Look, you can create experiences and take this from a guy who's who's been around the block a little bit. Uh, you know, to me, life as I've gotten older has become less about the rah-rah and the razzle-dazzle of what a vacation is. And it's really about creating memories. You know, and when I think back, we didn't take a lot of vacations. I grew up pretty poor. We we didn't go a lot of places. But when we did do something, it was typically, you know, fairly local to where we lived. We didn't go on any big trips. There was no Disney World or anything like that. But when we did, it wasn't so much. I mean, we I remember staying at a motel. I remember the car breaking down on the way there. I remember my parents getting in a fight over the car breaking down and not knowing whether we should continue on with the trip or not and all those things. And, and, uh, really when I think back, there are pieces of that trip that created really good memories for me. So there's sure it was, there were some stressful things that went along with it and it wasn't necessarily an easy trip, but it's about creating memories and, and you don't have to do it quite like that. I mean, you can, you could do something where you go to a local dog park or, or playground or something, uh, take your kids there and do something like that. I don't know if you have kids or not, but, uh, you could go on a trip or go on a hike in the woods or maybe drive a half hour from your house or an hour from your house. I'm sure you can find something that you haven't seen or done or, or experienced. Maybe you go to the zoo for $20 or whatever it costs to go to the zoo, things like that, that you, you could do locally. It gets you out of the house. You're not cooped up and you're creating memories with either your kids or your loved ones, your, your family, your husband, your wife, whatever it might be. Uh, don't let yourself get into the, the, the rat race of borrowing to do something for a short amount of time and then ending up in a situation where you're now trapped by that one decision for the next year. That's what keeps people poor. And I don't want you to do that. So don't do that. This is a bad idea. Do not borrow money to go on vacation. For anyone else out there planning or thinking about going into debt to go on vacation, do not do it. I I strongly advise against it. Because we need to get out of this idea that we finance our lives, that we, our whole life is dependent on a bank loan or a credit card loan. No, let's start to take some responsibility and there's something really powerful when you actually own your life. Think about that. You own the vacation you're going on. You own the car that you're riding to vacation on. You've paid for the flights that you're taking to vacation with your actual money. 
as opposed to financing it and then worrying about how you're going to pay it for the next year or two. Own your life. That's what I'm trying to say. So that said, uh, thanks for writing in your questions. Please feel free to write those in for next month. It's joe at proofprinciplesmatter.com. It was great having you. Look forward to seeing you next week. Until then, take care. Proof. Principles. Matter.